Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. Welcome. Welcome indeed. Hello. <laughs> so who is everyone? Oh, I'm uh, Joe J. Prince, games designer extraordinaire, Prince of Darkness Games, uh, an avid gamer. I'm Grant Sensei, um, just the avid gamer bit, none of the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm Colin Gray, and I'm uh, a gamer too. <laughs> Come on. So uh, what are we talking about today, guys? Well, we're going to look at kind of games design, aren't we, in various different formats. What we're playing, what we've been enjoying, and uh, the future of games. Is it worth, Jenk? It's worth going through a wee. Uh, what is this podcast all about? A little uh, yeah. mission statement or something? I think that'd be good. Yeah. Have you got that <laughs> there? <laughs> I haven't got it. <laughs> <laughs> do, actually, we won't. We won't need that document. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got it somewhere. Uh, here it is. Here it is. One minute. Mission statement: to dissect the process of games design, whether it's making a brand new game or adapting existing ones, discussing how to make a game, how other games are made, what works and what doesn't in games of today. That's a big grand. There you go. <laughs> I suppose that's, that's the point happens. of a, a mission statement though isn't it in any company it's to sound wanky and not really say anything much and then everyone yeah. ignores it and does what they want anyway <laughs> but yes that's so, right. <laughs> so yeah we're going to start off with a little uh, what we've been up to this week what about you do? what have you been up to in the world Me, of games in the world of games um, well not too much unfortunately um like I was saying the other night, and that's, that's not arrived yet, it might be joining us in the podcast later, but um, the other night, um, myself and Matt went round to our friend Rusty's house, and it's interesting because this kind of ties into the article that I wrote about uh, GMless games versus GM'd games. Plug, and, uh, plug, <laughs> Yeah, which I'm sure we'll link up somewhere. Um, and we had been, Matt had been running a game for me, Rust, uh, Blood of the Zombies, which is like Ian Livingston's latest fighting fantasy book, and Matt had like adapted it to a, a role-play game, and, and we'd been running that, and he was supposed to be running the next session of that, <coughs> um, but he forgot all his notes and stuff. In fact, he forgot completely he was supposed to be running it. So uh, we were left without a game, and left <laughs> pondering. <laughs> was it just that awkward bit when they all sat around the tables, and just, you guys just look, looking at Matt, and he's like, What? Uh, yeah. Well, for, first, but I got there after him, and, and Matt was like, "Say, Matt just said, yeah, no, I've screwed up. Sorry, I forgot completely. It just in my head, I was just going to eat chili and move a radiator. <laughs> Which, although moving the radiator was almost like a game, like a crystal maze kind of game, having to figure out how to move this eighty kilo radiator up Russ's incredibly steep stairs. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. That, that was yeah. Well, that's kind of a that game, I suppose. <laughs> it is kind of a game, um, but we didn't get any any role. Well, we didn't get any like Tetris in reverse. Yeah, <laughs> radio Tetris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so then we were left with like the typical game thing. Like Russ has got his his attic just stock full of role playing games. He's got tons of really old great games and stuff. But most of them need gems, and you can't just play at the drop the hat you can't just grab a game yeah. and go yeah yeah you need to have prepared it you need someone to, to know the rules you need to know what you're doing uh so in the end i, I did have dungeon duelist with me so we had a we had a quick uh, play test and run through a, a battle of that yep, which, um well we'll get to that 
later in depth. It went okay, but it went it lasted a bit longer than I hoped it would. It took quite a long time. We got to like a bit of an impasse where my uh, character had managed to manoeuvre herself off at long range, and the other two had a pact where they weren't going to attack each other. They were just trying to kill me, but they didn't have enough ranged attacks to do it and stuff. So it took quite a while uh, to break that impasse. So I might, <laughs> might look at. Uh, how much you can draw cards and things. Oh, really? <laughs> so, but I can, go into, I can go into detail on that later. Yeah, we can talk about that. Maybe. <laughs> cool. So, you've been so, up to any gaming then, Cole? Uh, I, I um, uh, this week, I've been uh, on my eternal quest to try and um, find a game that I can play with the girlfriend. Uh, yes, which is that is a quest. Always difficult. Um, <coughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we think about that. It might be a, I might have a couple of tips, but... Uh, Cool. Go on, go on with what you played. Yeah, we uh, had a wee game of Carcassonne, which I thought. So, uh, yeah, bought Carcassonne. I don't know a couple of years ago, a while ago now actually. And we played a quite a few games when I first got it. Um, between you and me, Grant, wasn't it? And uh, Dylan played quite a few as well. Yep. Um, right. And I remember. Getting yeah, we we were gonna just play one game, and then we ended up playing three or four in yeah. a row because it's it's pretty darn good. Yeah, and we're surprised how quick it played. <laughs> yeah, I've I've only played it a few times, but I did enjoy it. It's good. Yeah, it's really you, good, you have to remind yourself not to just build a pretty looking board and actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's it's really cool because it's it's so simple with the wee cards, like just laying down little blocks. You've only got three options pretty much every time. I mean, you can only well, no, it's four, I think, isn't it? So you've got very few options, but it's but still pretty deep. Like thinking ahead, it's it's the balance between. Uh, putting your little guys down on farms at the start because they're going to be yeah. the one that picks up the points later on, or you know if you yeah. can build a clever little town as well, you can take over other people's. It's it's quite cool. Um, but yeah, yeah anyway, you Kate, can't react to stuff going up. Also, yeah. No, I was just going to say, Kate's. Uh, she was. She's open to it. She's. Uh, she's not exactly enthusiastic yet. I wouldn't say, but definitely, <laughs> definitely the closest I've got to being able to get her to play. Uh, a proper game, apart from possibly small. Did you let, did you let her win? Uh, <laughs> I certainly, I certainly. Well, we, we let her win that one time just to just to just, just to get her interested. In yeah. Small world, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to say, I definitely don't play quite as aggressively uh, when I'm playing her as I do with you guys. <laughs> when I say let her win, I mean she she just win. Uh, she won. did actually on that one, yeah. <laughs> what was that? A small world, she won. Did she? Yeah, yeah, small world, I. <laughs> so yeah, that was good fun though, and I'll tr- I'll maybe be able to get her to play again. I think I was looking though at um, what's it called? It was another one by the Small World guys, uh, and it's a cooperative uh, game. Do you remember you showed me it, Grant? Fancy games. Yeah. Which one's that? It was. It's a cooperative. Shadows one. over Camelot. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So Days of Wonder. Days of Wonder. Sorry. But uh, oh, the games. Yeah. But Shadows over Camelot is a cooperative game where you play um, together to try and beat the game, I suppose. But I thought you need at least three. Well, that's the problem. Players, yeah, I thought it was yeah. just two, and I thought it'd be quite cool to play it cooperatively because I don't know. Obviously, you're playing together and all that. Ah. Uh, but yeah, turns out it needs three people, and I think mm. that's because one of the people, one of the players at least, is actually the bad guy in secret. So mm-hmm. if it's oh, not two, one, you then it's <laughs> a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the. I've been looking at a lot of the in fact after like that um article that you mentioned that got someone else linked to that on Google Plus about Sebastian Hickey linked to that on Google Plus and then uh, uh Jonathan Walter and Jason Morningstar were saying that 
I should have mentioned uh, Castle Ravenloft, which I don't have any experience of. But this is like this actually new, for new D and D down here for um, um, for uh, written down D and D games as as a co-op. It's a cooperative dungeon bash. Yeah, and there's uh, there's three of them now, isn't that which might be what you're looking for, Cole? Because you can play with two Legend players. Legend of a Shardalon. What was it called, sorry? And there's Castle Ravenloft was the first one that they did, uh-huh. and then um, yeah, Legend of Ash, a Shardalon, a sh- and Ash- 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 a game, and yeah, Drizzt game, but I'd, I'd avoid that. <laughs> right, okay. Dark Elves don't like Dark Elves. <laughs> no, I just don't like Drizzt after having to suffer through Forgotten Realms for <laughs> many years and too many Drizzt fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Warm me down. It's like uh, not like it's the same as like not liking vampires anymore. From <laughs> too many World <laughs> yeah. Darkness games. <laughs> they used to be cool, and then Twilight came. And up. then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But well, yeah, that could, be a, that could be a topic for another that. podcast, definitely. Uh, cooperative games and how they, how many of them actually work. Yeah, because that's, that's an interesting shift in, in games design. Because they were pretty rare until a few years ago, and now there's quite <coughs> a few cooperative games on the market, and mm-hmm. more people yeah. aiming to do them and stuff. So. I wonder if that's because there, there are more people trying to get less gamey people in, and it's a lot less intimidating, possibly, if you're not playing against somebody who's played for years. Um, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think going back to the, the GM's article, it's about everyone. It's easier to to grasp a game if everyone's the same. Like you yeah, all, yeah. you've all got the same. Well, you know, you don't have exactly the same role, but you're all in it together. You've all got the same goal, and you all have the same turn structure and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. So. Hmm. Cool. So, what about you, Grant? Yes. What have you been up to? I've been up to loads actually. I've got a quite a list of games here. Um, I run a run the kids club at school. Run the well, obviously it's kids club but it's at school. Uh, gaming club at school. <laughs> uh, we've been uh, last session we had out uh, Space Hulk, uh, proper first edition Space Hulk with the monopoles, right, uh, cool. and everything. Uh, and I couple of kids just sat and played on that. They seem to be able to play it themselves, after fashion at least. And um, Dwarf King's Hold, I was dead out <coughs> to a couple of guys and just picked that up off eBay. Oh, cool. Uh, it's the green, uh, green skin version. Uh, I can see it, but I can't read it from here, because I'm <laughs> taking my glasses off. Um, yeah, uh, that's Elves, Elves versus Orcs. Um, seems pretty pretty good. That's like an order based system, which I haven't always been I haven't always been too hot on. Mm-hmm. Uh but um maybe more on that later. Um yeah, Knights of Trinity uh is the uh club up here in Aberdeen. And uh although I didn't even know the name of the name of the club until I've been going for about nine months. Um <laughs> played uh played a couple of games there. We've been playing a crusade uh a campaign of Black Crusade, the Warhammer 40k uh, uh, game where you're all evil and half of your space marines, half of your kick-ass humans, and you're all, but you're all unmitigatingly evil. And, uh, evil people in the 40k it. universe, surely not. Oh no, <laughs> proper evil with packs of demons and stuff like that. Yeah, there's no turning oh. back. <laughs> so there's no redemption. So is that uh, an RPG then? I've, I've never heard of a 40k RPG. Uh, there's about four or five of them now. Yeah, isn't it called... Um, Dark, Dark, no, Dark Heresy. Is that the first one? 
Dark Heresy, Rogue Trader, yeah. Death Watch, and Black Crusade. Is that all of them? And they all, they're so. all kind of the same system, but with uh, subtle differences between yeah. the massive books. They're all tweaked from like the original one fantasy roleplay system, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It looks like all, it, yeah. Modeled on that. It's, it's Fantasy Flight, is it? Do mm-hmm. yep. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. cool. And uh, but last week, not last night. La- last night actually, it was getting really good because we kind of found our base. We had a bit of a dungeon bash through a through a uh, through a, uh, a ship we're trying to trying to take over and take the cargo. Uh, we're now kind of in base and we're a little bit more freeform and and sort of working out a strategy of how we're how we're little. Band, little paramilitary band is gonna is gonna make our way in the in the galaxy. Uh, so that's um that's getting even more fun there. Uh, last week though we played um Eternal Eternal Contenders. Wow. Is, uh, What's that game? I've I've never heard of that one. Tell me about it. <laughs> Eternal Contenders is um uh. Oh, I'm a little rusty, Joe. Could you could you maybe tell us about Eternal oh, Contenders? I'll tell you about Eternal <laughs> Contenders. I, I think was a, yeah, that was that will be the first ever um, game of Eternal Contenders played that I wasn't involved in and stuff. Cause <laughs> yes. this <is> my, uh, <laughs> the first first official game played with the, the finished rule set. In fact, I think. Nice. Because I've always it's always been. You're assuming I managed to tell them all the rules correctly. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just brushing over that now. Uh, yeah, Eternal Contenders is, is my upcoming role-playing game, which has still not quite been released yet, which uh, Prince of Darkness Games, in conjunction with Chronicle City Games, is bringing out. Um, and it's an update to my old game, Contenders, which was a tale of um, blood, sweat, and glory in the boxing ring. Um, Eternal Contenders moves it into a fantasy gladiatorial genre kind of thing so it's yeah fantasy gladiators striving to fight their way through a better life um, <laughs> in a GMless game of uh, blood and steel hope and pain <laughs> see I, I think it sounds really cool Joe the only drawback I see is that there's far less room for ridiculous characters <laughs> completely ripped off from uh, from the uh, world. dude having <laughs> having um or are you going to tell the, me that? there's there's no lack of ridiculous characters oh, okay, okay. if that's what people are looking yeah. for <laughs> yeah no, I'm <laughs> I'm thinking of the likes of uh, of Buzz Aldrin and uh, and yeah some of the other ones <laughs> well maybe that's not so such a bad thing no. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite keen keen oh, to hear how that went Grant because you said it was you said it went well but it, yeah it went a bit too comedy for your tastes or something for oh, my t- for my taste and, and just um, but then I we basically we we're, we're had to having to play it as a one off. Um, at the club, and we got a few hours to play it, uh, so I didn't spend that long talking about setting and talking about the tone. And maybe, maybe it would have been. Yeah. So if, if you don't kind of discuss that as a group, it's, it is kind of up for grabs, isn't it? I guess in terms of yeah, and people will take it. take it where they want to yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So it started off. Actually, it, it wound up. Well, everyone was having fun. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> Success then. <laughs> Yeah, everyone was having fun. I got a little frustrated, I think. Um, but then I realised, um, you're not taking this seriously. But uh, <laughs> it, it was it was good. Uh, we had a, a thief 
That was my little thief who's who's uh to be fair, I might have lowered the tone by myself by uh by saying that he had a little dog that he was he was hoping would get healed. Um <laughs> That was your connection, was it? You had a bit yeah, of a sick, a sick puppy. <laughs> yeah. The, I was just setting it up for someone to kick it, and nobody did. I was, I was looking for the kid to be shockingly brutal uh, in late and later um, when he actually did start fighting. It never kind of came up. Um, we had a monk who was uh, a monk who had a you know monastic fighting style. Uh, he came came from Kung Indian Fu type uh, culture, and oh heck, what did Duncan go again? Oh, I should have brought my notes up, but uh, yeah, it went, went fine. Um, like I say, we could have done with this as a setting. Uh, I I did actually print out the setting section, and then didn't put it. Uh, didn't actually bring it up with me. So I kind of say, we're in the city of Oblin. You know Oblin. <laughs> no, you don't. No. <laughs> it's a, it's a fantasy city. So all all those yeah. cool little bits that you put in there, Joe, about uh, possible settings for scenes. Uh, didn't come out. Didn't have a mini bag. Uh, yeah. But it was good, we had a battle. The battle seemed to go pretty good. You know, we created three characters in less than in what, half an hour, none of us having ever done it before. And uh, while we were having dinner. And uh, ah, cool. we got around to combat in the first. That was more probably about half an hour in itself. Uh, they played some of the other kinds of scenes as well. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. So did you did you um get to end game then? Did you finish it in the three hours? No. no. Okay. Um I was wondering about that, I was thinking of the accelerated game where you only need like seven uh, um Yeah, because we played seven we n- I never expected to get to that really. No. Fair enough. It's pretty tricky to cram it all into one session when you're eating and yeah. Do you think everything. it's is it slower than, or does it take longer than Contenders, Joe? Or is it, has um, it changed from that? I think, I think as it's written, it, it maybe takes slightly longer because there's slightly more rules to choose from. Right. But there are some things that I've explicitly said, like if you want a quicker game, ways to change it, like don't have rivals mm-hmm. for a start and have the, yeah, the, the end okay. game trigger. They, they would have gotten in the way a bit, actually. That would have yeah. slowed down the startup a wee bit if, uh, yeah. Yeah. So whereas in contenders, the default is like that there are NPC characters as well. Yeah, yeah. See, I like that. You can change it. You can customize it. So if you only got a couple hours, you can take some rules out. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, folks. So that's what we've been up to. Uh, shall we oh, move on? One to more the thing. Oh, no, yeah. Go for it. One more Last thing. One. Yeah. <laughs> I downloaded the. I. If you remember, guys, we went along to see Even Livingston uh, playing. Uh, to play, um, well actually we've already talked about Blood of the Zombies uh, <laughs> we went to see him in the summer uh, the Edinburgh Festival to uh, get him to sign our books mm-hmm. um, and we bought his new book Blood of the Zombies and uh, I've just downloaded last night the uh, the Android app I've been playing oh, really? a little bit today yeah, cool. uh, well late last night and today cool. which is it's quite fun, they've, he's got, they've got colourised versions of all the black and white drawings, I think I still prefer the black and white ones but it's interesting to see them and it does all the combat rules for you, and yeah. it's got atmospheric music that I'll probably be turning off having listened to the <laughs> same three bars for an hour. Um, <laughs> How many times have you died so far? Yeah. <laughs> only the once. I think I've only gotten an hour 
every gameplay out of it total. Has it? Um, has plus, it got? Plus, a... you get more stamina. It's the extra eight stamina that you get from the uh, from the standard. Oh right, yeah, I remember hearing about that. They tweaked it to make it almost possible. <laughs> really? <laughs> has it? Oh yeah, it still died. Yeah. The important thing has it got uh, a back button. It's got a bookmark feature. Oh, <laughs> it got the five finger bookmark. <laughs> I think it's infinite finger bookmark. <laughs> cool. That's that's what you need for fighting fantasy. <laughs> cool. That's good. I might download that. How much is it, Grant? It's uh, it's four quid. Ah, it's not bad. Cheaper than the book. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I wanted to keep want to keep my book. Nice, because it's signed and all. Yeah, uh, yeah. so if I get that, <laughs> cool. So shall we cool. uh, move on to the the main topic of the day? Cool. So what was our what was our main topic then? Time related game? No, time limited games design was that? Time it? constraints. Yeah. yeah. Time constraints on games design and, and games play, and uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it factors in what Grant, what Grant was saying that he was, you know, constrained with time for uh, mm-hmm. the game the other night. And only got only a few scenes of content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's <laughs> yeah, it's one of the reasons I, I, yeah, one of the reasons I really like Carcassonne and really like Small World is the fact that they're limited. So with Carcassonne, you've only got a certain amount of tiles. With Small World, you've only got a certain amount of uh, of uh, turns. turns yes. So you know, fine if you start it, you're going to finish within an hour, an hour and a half or something maximum. Yeah, there's there's something about the game that will dwindle down to the point that it stops. There there is an end. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Which, which is you know in in contrast with um, most traditional role playing games, isn't it? Like role playing game campaigns um, that are totally open ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you've gone a bit quiet again, Joe. Is the mic coming away from your mouth or something? Uh, is that any better? Yeah, yeah it is fine. actually. Yep. Oh, cool. Cool. I just did it when I went for more wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah, so I uh, I know, yeah. I like the fact that most of your games are all, well, actually, most of them. Some of your games are time limited. Contenders is time limited, isn't it, Joe? Cause it's yeah, I think every. I try and have like um, some sort of end game trigger built into most of, of my role playing games. Uh, precisely yeah. because of that, so that so that there is an end, so that there is, is an end point that you can, the story can conclude. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is totally alien for traditional role-playing games, yeah. where you just keep going because you you know there's kind of this this dreaming uh, of 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 what your character can achieve when they reach those that those incredible level 21 and 22, <laughs> and then there's that gamer's porn that is the the epic. The Epic Player's Handbook, or whatever they call it now, which yeah. is just nobody. I don't think would anyone want to play that. Yeah. I click my fingers, and an entire city is raised to the ground. <laughs> which just means you've got bigger and bigger baddies, doesn't it? That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your baddies have got just it. as I don't, bad. I don't know how it would. Just as big powers. <laughs> yeah, I don't but know it how never it reaches would. that. Not if you start from level one. No, yeah, that's it. it. That's it, and it goes back to it's all like based. I think a lot of it kind of comes back to Dungeons and Dragons, doesn't it? And it's it kind of has to. That's yeah. the only time I've played. Like sometimes <laughs> when it was when it was back in the AD and D games. I've played like epic level campaigns. That GM's gone. I oh, will start at epic level mm-hmm. or whatever because you, you you never get there of actually playing through properly the way you're supposed to. 
<laughs> especially when at the, at the high levels that's when just magic users just become ridiculous like you have to pick all your spells from level one on level four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take it'll take a few hours and stuff, and then yeah. but then you and then you just make something that just casts like power word kill or something where you just you just it just automatically kills you. you know, <laughs> save save or die or something. That's that's it. Yeah. Anything that actually got into rolling hit points would just take forever. Yeah, and those games are the are the fighter. Like I know you say the magic users are just ridiculous. Do they, what do the fighters? How can you become so much better a fighter at the level like twenty five and stuff? You've got bigger numbers on your character sheet. Is that it? Yeah, it's just that you're more likely to hit and you do more damage, and that's it. That's it. You get more more attacks. So at those epic levels, yeah, the magic users do totally outclass the fighters pretty much. Uh, mm. The only difference being like if in for traditional D and D, the only difference being like if it's the Tenth fight of the day, and the fight is still as good. Whereas the mage might have used most of his spells by then. All right, yeah. Spellbook's yeah. empty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But the fighters have to rely on having lots of decent magic items to make them even vaguely interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of levels. I mean, I think they've, they've yeah. guess they've changed it in the newer editions of the game. But it is uh, it is discussed online quite a lot. The uh, what's called the linear fighter and quadratic magic user because you become much more you can do so many more things and become so exponentially better as a magic user whereas a fighter yeah. just, like you say you just get slightly better numbers you yeah. still hit people with a sword <laughs> yeah a bit harder and a bit faster and you yeah. take a bit more damage <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh well anyway sorry time right. time game design yeah. <laughs> like, uh, time constraints on games like, yeah because that, that's like the kind of game of fantasy like if it's unlimited time and you keep playing the same characters yeah. for years yeah. then you're that's what you're supposed to get to and you're supposed to build strongholds and stuff like that um, but in reality I've never had any game where that's actually happened where it's actually lasted that long without it falling apart for yeah. one reason or another or yeah well, we've only managed to. We're just getting to sort of middle levels in our When Worlds Collide, the 12 year old campaign. Yeah. We're only getting to sort of mid level characters after 12 years. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we play. If we'd been playing that every week, then we. We would never have got to there. Got to there anyway. Someone would have died if. If, if it was played like that in a way where yeah. you could die. Do you think if, if we'd. If we'd played it more often? If we played it more often, um, I think I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell, I suppose. I don't think we, we can, but I think the, the nature of it is that we can play it that often, and that's why it's kind of worked and why it's kind of lasted. But yeah. you know, we only play it once, twice a year, mm-hmm. and that gives Matt the time to really prepare the gem and we really buy into it and stuff. Whereas, like, if you're yeah. playing it every week or whatever, then it gets to a point where someone can't. Can't yeah, it would be Matt. Matt at some stage would have just brought out a map with with some goblins, like four goblins there, five goblins there, <laughs> uh, and a big and a, a big fat goblin at the end of it, just to yeah. just to get in the session. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he he yeah. Matt likes to he likes to run it, but at his own rate. You know, he'd got sick of it if we were playing it too often. And the quality's absolutely there. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the key thing. We're definitely quality <laughs> over quantity with with that game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but actually, that game that game's got well. That's one of the things we're talking about with uh, time related game design. You know, Matt's one of the only people I know that when I've played a game with him, 
that actually hurries you when you're doing like you know a combat or something dangerous happens oh, yeah. or if someone's about to fall on you <laughs> How how yeah. many games have you played where you've actually done it in real time? Like it's made a difference. So like somebody said, right, the trap's opened, and if you don't say right, I jump to the right straight away. The game, the GM makes you fall through the the trap door. What about real time gaming? Is that is that actually realistic? So it's about real t- real time encounters here. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. Ah, uh, I guess you'd be moving kind of into like LARPing territory and stuff like that. Ah, that's like true real time gaming, where yeah. You know, yeah. someone dressed as, as an ox running towards you with a sword, and you've got to defend them off in real time. Uh, stuff. Um, I think that's yeah. unusual. I've not played with any many other GMs. I've not any GMs who've actually played in true real time. But yeah. some, quite a few. It's usually the opposite. Yeah, it's usually the opposite. You usually have, like, it's your turn in the combat round, just decide what you want to do. Um, and occasionally, if they get fed up, then they'll start hurrying you along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just in terms of. Temper uh, in, in, t- in terms of patience, rather than actually trying to trying to bring that realistic panic on onto you. Yeah, you, you can't take ter- take it like a turn based computer strategy game. And by the way, XCOM's coming out. It's out <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Um, no, I think. Uh, see, I think Matt's done that a few times in the past. I remember. Yeah, yeah I can't has. remember exactly yeah. what situation it was. It might have been. It was probably something to do with a Womper D. Which for anyone listening to this is a crazy big massive seventeen foot tall monkey thing with massive arms, and uh, it's <laughs> anyway. kind of like an elephant as well. Yeah, with it's elephant, like elephant skin high, doesn't it? And it senses yeah. magic and attacks magic users first. Exactly, yeah, which is why I hate them. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I remember. In fact, that's probably why I remember it particularly because it would have been running towards me and I was going, "What you do? What you do? There's a twenty foot monkey elephant running at you. What are you going to do?" You would have just been didn't say that. You'd be going, <laughs> "Yes, it does like his noises. <laughs> it does, but it's, it's good. It brings you, you know, it brings you into the story as well. You like imagine it as that character and stuff. But it takes yeah. you out." Of the tactical kind yeah, you're of not like playing if I five foot step to the left then I can activate my attack of yeah, like shit yeah. there's a monster it's coming out square, it's eight squares away from yeah. me and can move six squares per turn <laughs> and then you, you just you got like Pythagoras theorem out yeah, to yeah, work yeah, out yeah. where you can run away to before it tries before it manages to get to you <laughs> it's an analytical strategy game yeah. rather than rather than a role playing one at that stage <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember almost feeling a bit disappointed actually because he usually does that and then actually doesn't follow through with it. So you just kind of stand it, you just don't say anything, looking a bit shocked, and then nothing actually happens. <laughs> still, still gives you a chance to do something about it. <laughs> yeah, but you won't, you won't take your hang around for too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's great. Is there, is there such a thing as Joe with your encyclopedic game knowledge? Is there such a thing as a, as an actual real time game? Are there any games out there that you have to do like entirely real time? I just kind of imagine that would have been designed at some point. Um, like I say, I can only really think of, of live action role play, which is done in real time. Larping, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, I, yeah. yeah, but other than that, no, nothing really springs to mind. I'm sure there must there probably must be some that have been designed or that have sections where you go into having to do stuff in real time but yeah. uh, no, I don't know if there's a game co- there's a game I can't remember it's played to little disc it's like it's like dungeon bashing Subutio I don't know it's a 
it's a strange sounding game where you have to flick your disc which is your character to to hit like you know if you flick your massive barbarian disc into like three goblins and they all die or something like that um i don't know if that's real time or not i got the impression that it, it might have been or if you take turns at that right okay um what else is there i know i i saw a boxing um speed card game uh where you you have to you can just keep i guess that's real time yeah you yeah. uh you play your punches as as um cards by putting this card gate by putting this card down mm-hmm. right okay um, straight away yeah see that's interesting because some of my favorite card games uh not like uh, magic type card games i mean just like a deck of cards card games are you know when you play against each other and it's kind of a speed uh you've got to put down certain numbers like you can put a two down and a one or a king down and a one yeah kind of thing. it's like mm-hmm. they're great slams. fun like because you're actually there's not turns or anything like that. it's just kind of a reactions type of thing but there's still a bit of uh still a bit of skill and strategy to them so like a, a kind of a, a gaming game a gaming card game with that kind of mechanic could be oh, a storytelling cool. game yeah yeah mm. um well, the, that boxing game is. I saw it in the game store in Glasgow. Um, what's it called again? Static? Static Games. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I've not heard of that one. It sounds a bit like. Um, I don't know. The, the, the uh, Phil and Kajafoglio game, Brawl. I think that's a similar kind of thing. Which is. This where you, you have a, a deck which is your character. And it's, mm-hmm. it's. I think it's similar to like slams and stuff. Like you can play on, you can play cards on similar color suits, or if they, you know, are next to the suit that's been played and stuff. And I think that's just reaction based, um, similar kind of idea. Right. But, uh, but I, th- I think most of them kind of follow that mold of of, of slams, where you just yeah are trying to match suits or just move up and down and reacting quickly. In terms of real time, like jungle speed is, is a similar kind of thing. Or, uh, spoons, I think we used to play. <laughs> I don't. I don't play spoons anymore. <laughs> Grant is banned from spoons. <laughs> you do, do break things. <laughs> I'm banned for a few things like vodka and Hong Kong. <laughs> yes. Did, did you just say, did he break something, Joe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he managed to break an entire dinner table in half. <laughs> only only one third of it. <laughs> Sorry, an entire dinner table in third. <laughs> that was good going. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. that's what happens when you play a real-time game. Things get exciting. Real-time games, they're dangerous kids. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so what's that for? Real time encounters? <laughs> I think so. What's that? What's a good yeah. time for a game then? What do you, What do you like, like these days? Like I, I used to be quite up for playing like a six seven hour Warhammer epic, mm-hmm. but today nowadays I just I get bored. <laughs> I'm like two or three mm. hours maximum. That's quite good for a game these days, I think. Yeah, I think that's. I think it depends on how much free time you've got and what really, what you can yeah. schedule. So yeah, these days I think anything over three hours is kind of pushing it. Uh, yeah. Even for, for Warhammer or something like that, where you kind of have 
schedule half a day or something to play. Yeah. Like, you know it's going to take that long. Yeah. Um, or yeah. when the Shed of Dread is completed, it will be all day. <laughs> Indeed. 20,000 point game. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't even mean just, like, time-constrained, because... I, yeah, you're right, like, we're we're a lot busier these days, and babies and all that kind of nonsense gets in the way. But... Uh, even if I've got all day, I'll still get bored with the game after sort of three hours or so, just because I don't know. Just I don't know, it's my attention I'd rather span dropped th- off. I'd rather play th- three two-hour mm. games than play one six-hour game. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm the same. I'd rather lose Six. three two-hour games than win <laughs> one six-hour game. My, mind you, when's the last six-hour game I actually won? Probably the, the Storm of Chaos game I played against Joe last year. Yeah. <laughs> that was about six hours. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that's part of it, isn't it? Because a six-hour game, whenever you play a Warhammer epic for six hours, generally you've got a good idea who's going to win by three hours in anyway. And there's, I mean, you might get a, a, a fantastic comeback, but mm. yeah, more often than not, it's decided. I know. I mean, that's the nice thing about Storm of Chaos, because uh, Storm of Magic, rather, Magic, yeah. just uh, yeah, it can easily turn around because it only depends on the uh, spellcasters. Right. You really don't know to the last turn who's going to win, unless someone gets a massively dominant position. But even if they do, they can, they can get zapped off the fulcrums. Yeah, it's mm. like a skirmish game that's got a, a 3,000 point battle going on around it that doesn't yeah. even matter, but you still have to manage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then does that <laughs> just ruin the strategy of it? Does that not just mean that the first six or five turns are useless and it's just a bit of a dice toss? Those two games of Storm and Magic are two of my favourite games of Warhammer I've played. Uh, so I, I don't, I didn't mind it. Mind you, it, they were total epics. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it does what it's supposed to. It does feel like an epic, crazy fantasy game, and the wizards are really important. Um, but yeah. then the first few turns are still important because it's important to get on the fulcrum so you can get your really powerful spells off and be yeah. blasting other people and trying to mm-hmm. zap them off the fulcrums and. Uh, Although, yeah, the, the rank and file don't matter as much. They still do matter for protecting wizards. Right. From yeah, because if you didn't have any, your wizard would just be taken down by the other rank and file. Yeah, but... They get in the way of monsters, Yeah, they get in the way of monsters, basically. run up and eat you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that's, that's the point. But Warhammer's a game there where there is no, there is no time, like, even for a small game. You get a couple of complications coming up. There's no way of, of shorting that up at all. Excuse me. Yeah. Although well, it is limited by its turn structure, isn't it? It's like it's only six turns. The game yeah. will end after that long. Yeah. Yeah. And both players are playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in each other's turns. There's, so there's no way of of saying right. You're only getting five minutes this turn because you got. At the very least, you're having to w- roll ward saves. You're having to decide which spells you're wanting to dispel. Yeah. Uh, you're. You know, reacting to things. You're reacting to charges that are happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Choosing to challenge. Yeah, we've tried that, haven't we? Sorry, Joe, what you say? You're choosing to challenge or not challenge in particular combats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the decision making to be made in your opponent's turn, which is is good in in keeping you engaged, but does make it longer. And like you say, um, you can't put a time limit on and say after X amount of minutes, your turn's over because it's. You're both doing stuff, and it's yeah, easy to yeah. delay your opponent just by the decisions you've got to make in their turn. Yeah, I do remember we tried it once, didn't we? 
or maybe even a couple of times, and it's just yeah. Oh, we started to. Yeah. We uh, had went in with the best intentions, and I think it ended after about half an hour. We just ignored it. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Well, that was the problem. Apart from when people ran out of time. Yeah, there was no kind of sticking to it. We just well, we yeah, kind of ruined the game, no. I suppose. If we actually stuck to it, and you didn't get to move what you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from Matt injecting that sense of urgency again, when a couple, few times when we've been deploying, and he's going, "Right, you got ten seconds to deploy that unit. Ten, nine, yeah, and that's it. quick, put it down." <laughs> <laughs> was that he? Was well. that when he was um, observing you? Yeah, probably. Or coaching well, my opponent. So maybe that that is something that 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 can hurry a game along, and uh, not in terms of the design, but well, I say not in terms of the design. Um, I've got a, a copy of I think third edition Warhammer, and it fully expects you to have a GM there. Oh yeah, really? it was pretty hard to play without a yeah. GM back then. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's when it had just split off from the the role play only a little bit. But had more complicated stat lines, and mm-hmm. there was all all rules for summoning illusionary hosts and things. Really? Like half your army could oh, be what, illusions. Your GM knew <laughs> yeah, and the GM knew which were illusions yeah. and which weren't. And All right. The player didn't know until they got into combat, yeah. <laughs> the fact they'd have to paint up 50 illusionary skeletons or whatever. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> made it slightly <laughs> unlikely that was going to happen. But, yeah. <laughs> Still, those those skeletons would cost you about, uh, uh, I don't know, the same price as a, a few Coke bottles or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was pocket money, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Man with the days. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh well. Well, I start GM bashing. No, <laughs> GW bashing. Do you know what, though? I it's Joe that does the GM bashing. Yeah. I'll do the GW bashing. <laughs> oh, I'll hold off just now. Is uh, uh, I'm sure I will uh, before long. Um, but yeah, what we're saying. Like, yes, but having an ar- uh, designing a game so you have an arbiter who says, right, this is taking too long. Yeah, make a decision. Roll, it. just roll off, roll, roll off fifty-fifty, mm. or you have this long to make this decision now. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. a design feature and something that you know that could actually work. Yeah, it, it can do. Although it adds that extra level of complexity and adds that extra, you need another person in order to have a game. Yeah, which I think that was the problem with one third edition. That uh, a lot towards the end of it, most people were ignoring that and just running the games, battles between the two of them, and managing the GM role or ignoring it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why they dropped it for the fourth edition. Oh really? For, yeah, just to make it more playable. If there's mm-hmm. two of you, you can have a game. You don't need a impartial third party. Yeah, something extra. Rock up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other, you know, other miniature games coming out. I know. I was looking at. We talked. We've all we've all talked about um, Kings of War quite a lot before. I know that. Um, mm-hmm. um, Hordes and War Machine. They they work with with uh, timed turns in their tournaments. I don't know how much you play it. I don't know anything much at all about about those games, but I do know they do have time turns. Um, their app, which is which they've been giving out for free, um, the the Hordes of War Machine app. Uh, what the heck is it called again? Can't remember. But um, apart from the fact it doesn't work, I've also heard that it's, it's got a timer on there to use. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I suppose War, you know, even Warhammer tournaments are timed. They're not timed by turn, but you've only got three and a half hours to play a game half the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I pity off. the poor bastards who were <laughs> stuck with me <laughs> <laughs> playing them, because I, I just, I couldn't I couldn't get through um, out of the five games. 
Uh, I didn't quite finish all but one or two, so I think I think three games I didn't manage to finish, hey. and that's just because that's just because a I'm quite slow, b I wasn't that experienced a player, still not. Um, it, it's just a shame. It is a shame on them not to be able to get through it. Yeah. Did you still get the points I for that? I mean, what happened when you didn't finish? It's just, just well, I had to end, uh, ended. I think we managed to end end of turn four or end of turn five, and we'd both play just as many turns. But that was that's about it. So did you add uh, up? You but did you add up? There. Did you add up the points, up points, happened, points yeah. that we scored so far? Uh, yeah. Okay. One of them was Watchtower. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. I, I was I was actually really surprised. Sorry, what was that, Joe? I was just saying that wasn't the Watchtower Rage incident, was it? Oh, well, it was the Watchtower <laughs> Rage incident, <laughs> yeah. Reforming into Watchtower. Ooh, anyway, we'll skip over that, I think. Probably yeah. due to time constraints. Yes, I'm philosophical about that, though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. oh, but while we're talking about games, workshop games and uh, time constraints, maybe we should mention uh, Blood Bowl and Space Hulk, which both have time mm. turns, don't they? Well, yeah. maybe there was another. There was, um, there was another war game, uh, uh, which we played Joe at uh, Compulsion. What was it uh, the the Lego one, Mobile Frame Zero? Is it? Oh yeah, Mobile Frame Zero it used to be Mechaton, the uh, yeah. Vincent Baker, Joshua Newman. That's got, that's got an awesome uh, an awesome uh, timing method. I can't quite remember exactly yeah, how it had, um, the Individual turns aren't timed, are they? But you have the Doomsday Clock, which is um, like, you'll play a maximum of 12 turns, won't you? But then when you have, uh, is it at the end of a round when you have the initiative or something you get the option to, you can either, you can knock the clock down an, an extra point if you want can't you? So if you think you're ahead or you think you're going to be winning, you can yeah. get the game to end quicker. Or you oh, really? to knock it, you knock it on another hour, yeah. <laughs> they had asymmetric armies as well, so you had uh, some 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 people had you had better armies on the board, but the there yeah. but you could choose to start with a small you, it's something you chose you chose to start, start with a small point army yeah which which gave you more victory points to begin with, didn't it? So if the yeah. game ended in the same position, you would have won. Um, but but it was but you also got the also got the first choice at the clock and could wear that down. Yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. You all tied up into that. Yeah, because it's all it's all done on who's got the most victory points at the start of the turn begins with initiative, don't they? And they can choose to activate one of their mechs, or I don't think you can choose to run the clock down then, or you can let someone else activate and then you can jump back in and interrupt them or, or go after them and stuff. So that was that was a nice way of doing it. Because you got quite tactical about whether you're thinking, am I going to need another turn to uh, try and pull ahead on the victory points, or am I just going to try and knock the clock down now because I'm ahead? Mm -hmm. so, what it seemed to, what it seemed to, I don't know, it's a guarantee, guarantees it because I've only seen it played the once, only played the once. Mm -hmm. Is that that last turn is important? Yeah. Because somebody's been, somebody's been cranking that that timer down and down and down because they've been ahead, and I can't exactly remember why. Actually, I should probably, I'll, I should probably pick up a copy of it. I don't think, I don't think it'll be expensive to pick up the PDF. Yeah, it sounded like a really good game as well. I would, I wouldn't mind playing yeah. someone with a bit of Lego. Happily build up some robots. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. 
Well, I mean, it's, it's done amazingly well on, on Kickstarter as well, I think. Raised good. Oh, did he put it online, did he? $100, yeah. Cool. $100,000, I should say. Which for its time was uh, $82,499. Which for this is before we were yeah, seeing these mega, mega Kickstarter games. Mm. Um, and this is an independent game from a small company as well. So yeah. Was that not, am I totally mistaken, was that not made by, um, was it Malcolm? Or was it just him introducing it at Compulsion? He was just running it at Compulsion. Uh, see, I, t- I took that, uh, for some reason I'd assumed it was That confused game. me too, yeah. Yeah. I was picked that up wrong entirely. Yeah, because he was running it and he was, he was he was kind of so evangelical about it that I must have assumed <laughs> it was his. <laughs> it was no, that's like how you can one. tell it's not his if he's so evangelical about the game. Ah, I see. <laughs> he, would, he wouldn't be that evangelical about his own. He'd just be like, mm, yeah, his game is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas it's a Vincent Baker game, so that means if you're a games designer, you must bow down and worship his beard. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute, Joe. We're supposed to be trying to get guests on here in future. You can't slag them oh, off yeah. the first episode. I'm not slagging him off. I'm slagging off the uh, people. His beard. Him. His beard. <laughs> it's a fine beard. <laughs> but I'm envious of his beard. I can't grow a beard. That's <laughs> <laughs> maybe why I'm so not, not, not as successful as a games designer. I just can't, yeah. can't grow a decent beard. <laughs> One thing I'm not impressed on Mobile Frame Zero is the. Uh, is the website? I can't actually find a bit that tells me how to buy it. Buy it to buy the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm wondering if that's because they're, they're still doing the final version after getting the Kickstarter pledges to to pay for that. Maybe that's going right. to pay for the, the Kickstarter was like then... funded about like a year and a half ago or something. Well, that's quite poor then. <laughs> that's, that's really poor. <laughs> oh, getting get stuck into stuck into everyone in the industry, Joe. Go on. <laughs> See that Gary Guy Gax was a dick. He <laughs> <laughs> was. He screwed over Dane Arns, Dave Arns, and everything. <laughs> 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 also, I've been told. I don't really know all the ins and outs of the story, but that's that's what the uh, the geek lore is. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we'll never get him on now, will we? <laughs> oh wait, got the Ouija board. <laughs> oh no, it never didn't work with dice. That's that's the least of the that's the least of the barriers to getting. getting hey, come getting on. Hacks on, if there's anyone we could get on post to death, it would be him. I would say. <laughs> yeah, he's just take his body to the nearest uh, to the nearest. Uh, Cleric. Exactly. Or I'm sure somebody, he could be, right. yeah, he'll be a zombie somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> so, um, um, we're talking about Blood Bowl and Space Hulk. Oh, yeah. weren't we? <clears throat> so, yeah, Space Hulk's got uh, just an egg timer, doesn't it? You? So you well, that was, that was asymmetrical, though, because that oh, yeah. was asymmetric. Yeah. Asymmetrical. <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> Whatever. One, one of those it wasn't the same on both sides uh, the, uh, in Space Hulk the Gene Stealer sorry the, the time it was only uh, yeah it was Gene Stealer sorry um, the Gene Stealer player could take as long as he wanted over his turns but the uh, Space Marine had a timer 
of uh, I think two minutes plus thirty seconds for each sergeant that was on the board. Yeah. See, I never got that because obviously the whole <laughs> game is biased against the Space Marines. So why why was that? It depends on the scenario, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why did it the genes? <laughs> the gene stealers had the hive mind. It was the they were the first of the the first of the Tyranids to come out, and uh, they they, they had a hive mind. who basically, pardon. They predated the Tyranids. They were just gene stealers. There weren't any Tyranids were even in the yeah, fluff yeah. when Space Hulk first came out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, uh, but yeah. The they kind of sprung from the the rest of the Tyranid race sort of sprung from sprung from them sort of, um, and they were just they were just yeah. a rip off of uh, not a rip off of them, but they were heavily uh, they, yeah they pretty much were they? influenced <laughs> by the by the. <laughs> No, yeah, they, they were very close. cool, and there was there was stuff in there in their mythology. It was it was beyond what they went with did, did with Alien. It was a very cool thing with how they reproduced. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, so they had to have a hive mind and can react to anything. And they know what's going on around the ship, whereas the the Space Marines and and all with all their technology um, and all their um, training and all their and all their hardware. Uh, we're still relying on these, um, on the basically the scanners out of Alien, um, and uh, they, they they they're the ones that are panicked and not knowing what's going on and and dis and in disarray because their enemies far faster. Than, Can you tell Matt than Ward them. didn't write Space Hulk <laughs> like Marines being panicked and in disarray? Instead of just being <laughs> superhuman kill machines that destroy everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I GW quite, bashing by Joe. I'm not bashing. <laughs> I'm just saying that it, it's a bit strange. That it doesn't quite fit the the fluff, especially for them to be Terminators. They weren't just Marines. They were the best Marines. Yeah, they're the best veteran Marines in armor that was like technical tactical dreadnought armor that could take anti tank weaponry. But um, Genestils were so scary in space that they could even rip them apart. But now it's it's weird that it. If you, tra- if you translate that to 40k, it's so different on the battlefield. Like a bunch of gene stealers, Terminators wouldn't even care about them. They would wade through them with the greatest of ease. Really, but uh, I think that's <coughs> that in the end you got the excuse that they had to make a game. Uh, they had to make a game out of it. Um, yeah, and the you know, like I say, we didn't know how we at the time. First edition Space Hulk came out. They weren't in the 40. They weren't in Rogue Trade or whatever. They were the, the gene stealers were just this new thing, and who knew when you know at some point the decision was made when they when they appeared on the on the battlefield on the open field of battle they weren't nearly as hard as they were. In fact, what we should be saying is the the Warhammer 40k has got it wrong because yeah. the Space Hulk is the original version where gene stealers can open up can open up Terminator tactical dreadnought armor armor and with uh, like building a can. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So no, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you, but I think it was just it was partly that they wanted to make scarier Tyranid warriors that you have to I don't know, pay more money for than just using Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked the um, the Space Marine uh, time limitedness. I just thought, thought it kind of mm. it made the game a little bit more. <clears throat> what's the word? I don't know. It made atmospheric. It, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Well, you, most people use. 
panic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Aye, but also actually, I just think it made it a bit more fun because sometimes you know you can find yourself a bit paralysed with the amount of different things you can do and try to figure out what the best option is. But with yeah. Space Marine, you just kind of get a Space Hulk. Sorry, you just get in there and you kind of the time. It gives you an excuse to just do what you want to do, just take your gut feeling rather than actually worry about thinking it all through. Yeah. Yeah, analysis paralysis. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the kids at the club while they're playing Space Hulk, I, I haven't been playing with the timer because they're learning the rules and stuff. Uh, but a couple of times I have just had to introduce that just to get the game moving along. Mm. And the Gene Steeler, the one of the reasons the Gene Steeler doesn't have that timer is they don't really, they don't really need it that much. No, no it's pretty simple. Got, isn't it? They're unlimited in number. They're just kind of charge on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with the, the Deathwing expansion, uh, with with first edition, there were there were solo rules that came up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We could just skip the genes to the AI. Mm -hmm. You and Cole, you and Kate, you and Kate could uh, take a take a squad of uh, Space Marines each. You could play um, Space Hulk. <laughs> it does cost at least eighty quid to get a set of it now. <laughs> Is that what it's going for these days? <laughs> I don't know. It's a rough guess. It's probably the first edition. Tell um, you what, I'll just buy your uh, Dreadfleet. Ten quid? Fiver? <laughs> no? Yeah, <laughs> For anyone that can't yeah, see Grant's yeah. face just now, he looks quite angry. <laughs> I, I speculated. you got to speculate to accumulate. Which is why I have four copies of Dreadfleet sitting in a cupboard that I never wanted to play. I just wanted to sell them. But that 40k book did well. That's one. That's going to make people hate Well, wait for 160 <laughs> quid. Uh, it was bought for 80 a couple of weeks before. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the person. You're the one that buys them up and then makes money out of other people's misfortunes. That's terrible. Oh, never mind that. though. see the new. Um, the new. There was a special edition. Uh, Space Marine, the Scale Space Marine Codex, mm -hmm. which came out for yeah. some kind of dicks, like 50 quid or yeah. something. So the earlier copies went for like 180, I think, um, on eBay, which is. That is ludicrous. That is ludicrous. Really? I can't think what they put on that to make it any better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a bit mental. Unless it's made with human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Plastic human flesh is probably what they put. They made it with. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fine flesh. Mm. What was the uh, so um, what was the time factor in Blood Bowl? I can't remember that actually. Uh, well, that's interesting because that wasn't in the uh, original version, and it wasn't in the last kind of published version. But it's something that's come in as part of like the living rulebook when it got turned over to the fans, mm -hmm. who would just um, modify the game. Right now, the standard rule is that you have four minutes to make you play your turn. Um, ah, right. Okay. So is it the same? The do they run it the same as uh, Space Hulk? They're just like an egg timer or something. Yeah, but it applies to both teams equally. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and there are decisions to be made by your opponent, uh, but not nearly as many. You know, you have to decide. Yeah, you have few. to rule for injuries and stuff, but not not much. Yeah, it's not. It's not usually decision making. About the only decisions you have to make is if if you have the sidestep skill or if you wanted to use your apothecary or not. That's mm -hmm. About it. Yeah. Well. Right. So did it did it make it better? Did it improve the game? 
I think it's, I think it's because it, now you know you, you've got. I don't. A time. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a, a time frame in which you know you're going to get a game finished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's still quite big. Yeah, it's it's turn takes four minutes. It's still going to be quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds good. I do, I mean, I've only played Blood Bowl maybe less than half a dozen times, but it's it's never seemed a massively long game to me. But yeah, if you know it's going to be finished in a certain amount of time, that's always a good thing. No, it doesn't. And, and usually four minutes is a comfortable amount of time to make your turns. Only if you've yeah. got a really complicated setup. When if you set back and try to figure out all the odds of all the different plays you could make, then yeah, you might yeah. end up running out of time. So it, it's there to kind of hurry that kind of play along. So you're yeah, not yeah. Going yeah. Oh, there you go. I never saw that before. The four-minute time yeah. limit for the turn runs out. There you go. It's in it's in the current version of the rules. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cool. I still don't like playing time limit. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone, yeah. For uh, for listeners, if anyone actually listens to this show, you'll soon get to know that Grant's the. Uh, the <laughs> the classic eternal turn person takes uh, far too long. <laughs> I take it exactly enough time. <laughs> exactly enough time. No, to, the uh, thing is, I, I play against Neil. Neil, Neil of anything is my wee brother. He's uh, even slower than I am. Really? Uh, but sometimes I, s- I see him look look at a move. He'll he'll, tr- he'll he'll go through that four minute time limit easily just looking at the board and then he'll do something to me which makes my jaw drop <laughs> and suddenly his is is um he's playing this perfect move that he couldn't have done without the time limit you know um it just makes me go wow i just got reamed but that that was good i suppose um, i suppose that at least makes it slightly worth it as opposed to when we were playing warhammer and after a 15 minute turn you suddenly go shit I shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah <laughs> after a 15 minute phase <laughs> sorry phase yes <laughs> yeah turn that'd be quite quick <laughs> mm, that'd be ludicrously quick yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well so talking about time limitedness that's us up to uh, an hour and 10 minutes now alright oh crikey right, okay. so have we covered it the break Right. <laughs> I think so. Other than um, maybe just address like games design itself. Yeah. Like, when you when designing a game, I think it's important to think about that. the time constraints, like whether whether you want to cater to the you know the never ending story yeah. kind of version of role mm-hmm. playing where it's just o- totally open ended, mm-hmm. or whether it's more kind of I suppose what's more realistic for us anyway. Certainly in like a game's probably going to be included in about three hours. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's um, mm-hmm. not always possible to have multiple sessions of the same game. So if you want in like a, a story or a self-contained game, you're pretty good to design it with that kind of constraint in mind. Mm. I would think. Do you think? Do you think it's changing at all the fashion for it? Like, it seems like yeah. old games tended to be more open-ended, whereas yeah. new games are a lot more time-limited. Do you think it's because people are? You expect to see on board games now, or, or many yeah. different types of games, number of players, age of players, playtime. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that seems to be, the, the industry seems to know that that is getting the message now, that that's what, peop- that's what people want to know. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take me to play this game? Yeah. How much of my life, no, I parceled out this much of my life to play this, play this game. <laughs> um, how, long, how long will it take me? Yeah. Exactly. Will we finish it in the evening, or will we set it up and start playing, and then get into it, and then everyone has to go home? 
yeah. before mm-hmm. anything gets concluded. <laughs> do you think there's still, still, still uh, an audience for the open-ended game? Oh, I think so. I think there's always going to be a, a, a hardcore um, role-play. I think the role-play clubs or the long-standing role-play groups who will meet, who do meet every week or multiple times a week and just keep playing. But I think they're kind of getting smaller and smaller and it is, tends to be the same people who have known each other for a long time and been gaming for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Who go, who, you know, go by that model. Yeah. Um... Uh, well, well, we we play we play open-ended games, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, we we, I think we're all much more appreciating the the fixed uh, a fixed limit to how long you will be playing. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we play one open-ended game, which is very open-ended. Uh, and yeah, no, speaking yeah. of that, Matt never turned up. He didn't come to hang out with us. No, he didn't. Useless. Uh, next he's next uh, <laughs> episode. It's <laughs> not. Yeah. Not been in touch or anything. Um, yeah. But I think sometimes I, I think like, is it worth it in, in the terms of the, the story payoff? Are you waiting ten years for the story to advance, for a sto- and the story arc still don't really conclude. Going when, when if you had a more focus system, you could get things moving a bit more quickly. Yeah. Um, like in talking about Drake, Drake is fantastic. It's a great se- setting and it's really interesting, but. Um, one like Dragon vs. the Gun game I ran with Matt and, and Phil in that setting we just had so much happen so much plot got got generated and got resolved in like mm. three hours as opposed to our sessions where a small amount of plot will get resolved after we learned hardly anything a couple yeah. of years <laughs> yeah I know I uh, no, I, d- I don't think I'd like now we started it that game in that way I would not I really wouldn't like to um, I really wouldn't like to. I keep hearing because of the voice. Sorry, getting distracted. Sorry, I, w- I wouldn't like to try it any other way. I wouldn't like to do a narrative with with those characters or with that setting that would affect those characters. I'd just be very uncomfortable with it. Um, <laughs> someone in a neighbouring country, absolutely. <laughs> See, I'd quite like to play someone else in that that setting. Like you did, Joe. I think that'd be quite good, actually. I would, yeah, it, see, that's the one thing I find a problem with the closed games, the ones that only take one turn, is that I don't... I don't know, I think I need to buy into the setting and buy into... Like, I always struggle starting a new series of books for the first hundred pages or so, because I don't know the characters yet, I don't know the world, I don't know the rules, all that kind of stuff. So mm. I'm much more comfortable reading a book seven, well, as long as it's not bloody Robert Jordan... Uh, much more comfortable reading a book seven rather than starting a new one. So yeah, the the closed ended games don't have that, I suppose, because they they don't have the continuation onto the same world, the same characters, the familiar. You don't have the and get to know time things. to settle into a character. Yeah. Sometimes you need and stuff. Exactly. But on the on the other hand, you get straight into them, and because you have to. That's yeah. And there's stuff yeah. happening mm-hmm. straight away. So yeah, but it is in a much more shallow way a lot of the time. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's swings and, and roundabouts. I think sometimes, like some of the really long-standing games I've played in, where I played the same character for sessions, it's, it has been quite shallow. I've never really got into them, or never really got into the world. Whereas sometimes, I think there's like, another thing is the size of the rule set. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of this um, dark, uh, sorry, black crusade 
the where the the time has been spent um, looking up the rules for very certain things. Mm. Um, and the best time I've had was it was was last night's session when we were pretty much freeform role playing it. We hardly looking at hardly looking at our character sheets really. Um, yeah, what was my point again? <laughs> Don't know, Grant. <laughs> and the depth, well, depth. Sorry, yeah, and and uh, you're not really getting into the setting when you're when you're looking at the minutiae of it. Yeah, minute, minutiae. Right. Oh, it's one of those words yeah. you'll never see written down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. What you mean, then you're getting the complexity trade off. Like, is it worth having all this complexity of rules for? Is that helping getting more in setting or, or less? And um, the interest in the game you, you were talking about the dark was it dark no dark crusade black crusade black crusade <laughs> not dark crusade black crusade that uh, you start you're starting off with all the 40k background haven't you so you've got a massive yeah. well developed background already uh, that you're playing within yeah. and then you're looking at a different perspective as mm. you're you're saying like some of your case screens some of your arm I mean what are they who are those characters and how do they because they're not uh, really to dead death. hard cultists alright uber like mutant cultists yeah some of them some of them are like um yeah I mean, they're equivalent to some like 20 hours of 20 hours of play from from one of the other games from uh, Dark Heresy or uh, or uh, Rogue Traders uh, big, big leveled up. The, the kind of humans that can actually that get to hang around with with space marines. Right. <laughs> um, they also they also have uh, there's also a class of kind of chaotic. Um, uh, what, what do you call them? Me mech mech guys. Oh right, the, like the imperial ones are servitors, aren't they? Not the um, chaos ones, are they? Like tech, sort of the equivalent of tech priests. Tech priests. Oh, yeah, like Mars. It's not Warpsmith, is it? They're the... Oh, I know who you mean. They're not... They're Necrotex. Not. Anyway, they're, they're those guys. Yeah. And Chaos Sorcerers as well. Who are Marines. Yeah. Cool. I wouldn't mind playing that. That would be quite a cool world to play in. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, for me, it's a still thing that it's a cool world to play. But you in, could but play I, that world. You don't need that. You don't need that. System. No, of course no, not. But yeah. I mean, the first time, the the very early version of Eternal Contenders was uh, was played in in L five R. Yeah. yeah. L five R world. Yeah. I remember we started a, a game in yeah. uh, what was it? Rock Rockajan? Is that what it was called? Rokugan. Rokugan, yeah. 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 We, pl we started the game in that once because it was the L5. Yeah, yeah that was eternal, That was early Eternal Contenders. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, back to t timing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The time, yeah, I think it's important to recognise the time constraints and, and go with them. Um, and it'd, it'd be lovely for all that limited time to play massively open-ended games and it's lovely if we found the guy the guy that's willing to put in the the, the time to do it who is will be the GM yeah yeah we have to get we, we you know players players rock up you know uh, <laughs> might might have thought about it might not have thought at all about it in the week uh, yeah GM was up all night the night before 
<laughs> so basically, we need to get Matt sacked so that he can afford to uh, afford the time to <laughs> <laughs> to give us as many games as we want. <laughs> we want Matt unemployed. Yes, right. I'm sure, we can figure that out. As a teacher, there's easy ways to get teachers fired, isn't there? <laughs> Just persuade him to go to France. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Not by himself, yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> that's an hour twenty. Shall we? Uh, shall we stop it at that? Is that enough of a time limit discussion? I think probably so, said yeah. as much. Yeah, let's call it there. Unless there's anything else that we had, uh, any other burning bits of information. I think so. Covers it for me. Things to impart. Cool. Okay, cue exciting outro music. <laughs> I thought the last time actually we need to put in our uh, where to contact us. Where are you on Twitter, Grant? Uh, let's put at Grant Sensei. Great, Joe. I'm at, at Joe J Prince. And everyone should follow Joe because he's just joined and he's only got about twelve followers. So he's a poor little lonely yeah, Twitterite. I've only got about that. <laughs> about four tweets, so I should probably do some more tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't worry, a lot of people that I'm following, it's, it's quite, it's quite boring reading what they've had for tea. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's not don't great. Care. <laughs> <laughs> just, rec- just recorded a podcast. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good. One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll tweet this. We'll tweet a link. Yeah, we can tweet that. Yeah, as soon as we know what we're calling the podcast. Exactly. What do, what do you mean, Grant? We know what we're calling the podcast. We've put it on the start do of the show, remember? Well, it will, yes. it will go on, remember? <laughs> I remember. They don't know That's exactly what we name. have done slash will. <laughs> uh, and I'm it's like a, Doctor I, Who, this. Yeah, I'm a, a Gamer Colin, at Gamer Colin. So, yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, give us a shout. Uh, it'd be great to get any uh, any feedback on uh, topics to cover in future. If anyone out there is an aspiring games designer and wants some uh, some advice from Joe or uh, limited experience from Grant and I, then uh, get in touch and you can ask us a question and we'll try and put it on the show. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks yeah. for uh, the chat, guys. No worries. No worries. See you next time. See you next time, folks. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye.